Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm pleased to announce today that I'm going to have a roundtable discussion on gun violence in the city of Albany. And so far, Jack Simpson, Tony Gabby, and and I'm sorry. Uh Greg Adela Greg. is on is on the phone with me. So who would like to start off and and, and share your thoughts about gun violence? Uh I don't I don't mind. Uh, if if you want you guys want okay. the floor, go go right ahead. No, go ahead, Greg. Go, okay. Yeah, I'll start 100%. So my uh, heavy interaction started in 2018 um, when the first murder uh, happened in front of our 77-year-old family business in the West Hill. Um, since then, you know, uh, I made my Passion Peace videos. I've met with the mayor, both police chiefs, multiple times, uh, past and present, I should say, uh, police chiefs. Um, wh- what it is is, in, in, in my opinion, and I, I, I don't hey, – look, it's just – it's happening all over the – the country, but with what's happened in Albany, this has been coming for years and no one's done anything about it. It's not easy. There's no, I don't have the panacea for it. Uh, I don't think anybody does, but I think what helps is transparency and communication. And there's been a lot of that. There's a lot of talk from the community. Um, It's nothing new. I just think it falls on deaf ears. Um, You know, there's 124 shootings this year in Albany, 16 homicides, and then one with a knife. And I think those are going to be on the uptick, too, by the way. Um, And I've seen, uh, you know, and the West Hill has a population in the most troubled neighborhoods in Albany. West Hill is the most highly populated. It was about, I'd say, I think it's like 6,600. And, you know, there's there's a woman that in in the Capital District, primarily in Albany, that... uh, has gotten some publicity, and, and I think it's really good for her, named April Purcell Bacon, who is trying to implement this new program with communication and better relations with, with um, the community and, and the police. Uh, and she makes really good points about separating the, the badge from the person. I think that's really, really key. Um, I also think that, um, you know, look, there's really weak leadership from elected officials being ward leaders, um, not showing up to businesses and home fronts when these um, these shootings occur. They're just not showing up. And they're, they're trying to change that. I, I know some of them are starting to get vocal as of late, um, but it really stems from the top. Um, there's weak leadership and lack of transparency from the top. It, there's just no disputing that. There's just none. You can look at any record from 20 years ago in the country, especially the city, and programs that work and what didn't. Um, I think, um, you know, when you've got a mayor, look, when you've got a mayor that said this summer that if you're hit by a stray bullet by one of these, you know, gangs and it's retaliatory and you're an innocent victim, that you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, that is so dangerous and egregious to humanity. um, And no one's held her accountable for that. So you've got real issues with gun violence and it really, you know, it comes from education. Yeah, the people who know not to do it don't do it. Um, and I think the, the education really starts at the home front. I think the family structure is broken, and I don't care what color that is. I've seen it with whites, blacks, uh, Puerto Ricans, uh, and Asian families. And no family is perfect, but there has to be more responsibility on the family uh, to help the community 
commence these talks and, and, and hold everyone accountable. And that, that means the residents as well, you know, to, to speak up. And it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy. But I think if this is the worst it can be, it can only get better. And I hope it truly, really does uh, starting 2021. So, Zach, you're the head of Canaan now. What do you think is the root cause of gun violence in the city of Albany? Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And, um, yes, I am the new chair of the Council of Albany Neighborhood Associations, which is the umbrella neighborhood association for all of the city's neighborhoods. Um, And... um, and thank you very much for inviting us for this conversation about gun violence. Um, you know, the root cause of gun violence, I think, is several factors. There's economic factors. There's, you know, um, as, you know, Greg says, you know, a lot of the um, lessons start in the home. I, I personally, I'm from the rural hill towns of Albany County, originally where, you know, gun ownership is very um, – heavy and respected um and then but like you know here in albany it's just such a complex issue um particularly this year the level of gun violence has been just unprecedented um and i you know i i think it's going to be a collective effort from certain programs like 518 snug to give community um information and also it's going to take um you know the common council uh reconstituting the gun violence task force which i believe dominic casalaro who was the previous common council member of the first ward he was instrumental in, in creating that initially and then I think after a couple of years, it kind of went a little dormant. So they're going to reconstitute gonna... that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a collective effort of the community coming together, elected officials, um, to really try to tamp this tamp this down a little bit. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, the other night when um, I was elected chair of Cana, the outgoing chair, Howie Stoller, he talked about in the early uh, 2000s and at some of the meetings that Kena had, they were focusing on gun violence. And there was a speaker who said it was gun violence is a public health issue, um, you know, back then. And if you didn't, if you're unaware, uh, Kena was very instrumental in the creation of community policing and getting bike cops and uh, engaging the the police with the community. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, I don't think there's an easy solution, but it's going to be, you know, a time commitment from several people. And, um, yeah, I, you know, there's no, there's no easy answer to it. It's going to be, it's yeah, going to be you know, have, just a tough, tough time. We have a new person who just called in. Can you say hi and say uh, talk about gun violence? Yes, this is Greg Sheldon from the Eden's Rose Foundation. Hi, Greg. How's it going? Good. So, you know, you're right in the thick of it. You're right around the corner from Greg Adela. So what's your view of 
gun violence in Albany and what could be done about it and why is it so prevalent? Well, I think uh, obviously this is it's a matrix of, of factors that that's bringing us to where where we find ourselves today as a community. But certainly, um, you know, it's going to take a holistic approach to really unravel the situation and find some effective measures at confronting uh, things and and moving us from where we are now to a place. Where, where we want to be as a community. Um, I think it's been an important year because even though we haven't found a lot of resolution, we really started to have a lot of important conversations that I think were, were absent uh, from the community dialogue uh, for, for far too long. So what is, what is causing it? Where is it coming from? Why is it happening? Well, first of all, the, the, the presence of guns in the city um, uh, the, the volumes uh, of, of guns that are in the city and the ratcheting up of, um, of like, normal street violence and um, uh, the, the use of, of weapons has converted over time to more and more gun-based. Um, so where there's a demand, there's going to be a supply. If, if one 15-year-old kid... Uh, has 10 friends and he has a gun, well, now you have nine other people that want a gun. Um, and, and there's always going to be some, some um, individuals or organizations, illicit as they may be, that are going to thrive on that demand and trying to meet the demand. So we have a, a massive problem with influx of guns into our city, but um, it's not on accident. You know, they're... they're there's the city um, is being targeted by the illicit gun distribution markets because there is such a desire for it here, which gets into what are we doing uh, as a community to uh, steward, uh, mentor, and safeguard the process for kids growing up from their youth uh, through their adolescence and into adulthood because we've lost some of the tenants of, uh, of, of a community neighborhood model for how, how we live and exist, um, and we're seeing the effects of it here on the youth and in the form of gun violence. Now, you mentioned something that's interesting. Illicit gun uh, demand. demand uh, can you uh, rephrase that for us? Sure. I mean, it's it's as simple as any supply and demand consideration. You know, you have people here that want guns, and so someone is going to find a way to to uh, uh, satisfy that demand. You know, uh, people want to buy guns. You're going to find a gun dealer. You know, it's going to happen. So it doesn't take much for one guy in the neighborhood to say, "Hey, I'm going to drive down to see my family down south, where I can get some." Uh, people that are living at a street level that have low resources and exploit them by offering them small amounts of money to use their IDs to go and buy guns um, and then illegally smuggle them back to Albany and sell them at a high rate of return. It's just the, 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 the economic principles of supply and demand. And so we have this great influx of guns because of that demand. 
and and the thing about the guns is is that demand is 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 never satiated. It it's a self reproducing um, uh, demand because every person that has a gun, their friends are then going to want to get guns. And and in the worst case scenario, if someone is affected by gun violence, then they're going to feel, and in some cases, unfortunately, they're going to feel rightly so that they need to have a gun to protect themselves against the gun violence that's affecting them or their family. And so then we see this cyclic, uh, ever-increasing demand and ever-increasing presence of guns and continuously higher rates of gun violence. Uh, well, at least this is my perspective, uh, you know, from, from the community level. Um, you know, what this problem looks like from 30,000 feet is, you know, every time you, you see a vacant lot pop up where there was a house that was bulldozed and you understand that that comes from an intrinsic process of disenfranchisement from community property ownership at a rudimentary level, instead of having homeowners, we have renters. Instead of pe- having people that have a vested interest in their community long-term and their families do, you start having more of a transient population. So these are like the, the factors that are on the periphery and many others, education, access to education, access to economic, um, economic opportunities, access to social mobility, access to community health equity, access to justice, access to fresh produce. All these things are on the periphery of what is cultivating an environment for our urban youth to um, have the experience sets that they have and to be going down these, uh, these choice uh, decision trees that, that are, are leading them to where we find them today, which affects them and all of us. Uh, it, it's a community-wide problem, and it's not just about bullets and guns. It's about dollars and cents. Tony? You know, I couldn't have said it any better from, um, you know, where we sit here as an organization at the Black Chamber. When we, when we speak about what, what can we do to build businesses in our community, we, uh, I want to echo everything that was just said. The, the gun violence is more a result of the lack of things that were just mentioned, the lack of, excuse me, the lack of investment, the lack of resources, uh, the lack of care, duty, and loyalty uh, to a community. If you continue to disenfranchise, disconnect, um, take away, and underrepresent a community, you leave that community to think that it doesn't matter. You combine that with the economic disparities in terms of opportunities around workforce development, economic development, um, educational development. You're creating conditions for violence. So so what results from it gets the most attention, but the causes of it are never properly addressed. So you can't complain about... Well, hold on a second. So you can't really complain about the refrigerator being empty if you don't go out and do grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't agree with Tony anymore. Another way to say it would be 
we shouldn't be surprised uh, about the results that we're seeing. We should be surprised that people are surprised because this right. is it's it's this is the only uh, a result of the equation that has been created through generational divestment from our community, um, exploitation of our community, right? Uh, disenfranchisement of our community and the denial of access to resources. This had to happen. hundred percent. And, and lastly, may I add, if we don't do something to address where the guns are coming from, there it is because the guns aren't created in our community. We don't no, manufacture, no. we don't ship, we don't distribute. So where are the guns coming from? That's a law enforcement responsibility. Our communities are a partnership between law enforcement, community residents, business owners, and elected officials. That what we do as community is broken. This is this is Greg Adele. I got to interject on it. Hey, Greg Sheldon, it's good to hear your voice, man. I hope you're well. Hey, Greg. Hey, and Tony, you make a good point. It is about that. And here's the thing, though. Okay, all those places have to be held accountable. They all have to work together. You got to remember that we in, in the city of Albany, the police department is is so demoralized on a daily basis. There is no clarity whatsoever. If you read anything in, in the local papers, you will see such a divide from the police department and the mayor. It's not me. It's a fact. And it's been going on. Greg, you're well aware of the corner that we're at. That has been murder central for years. For years. This is nothing new. It goes round and round and round. Why? Because there's no accountability. Why? Because no one cares. Look at the voting. Look at the apathy of people who come out to the polls. There was just under 18,000 ballots cast in the 2017 mayoral election in a population of 96,000. There's apathy. No one cares. They've thrown their hands up. There's no new businesses coming in. When was the last thing you heard of anyone saying, look, we got this great business coming in that's going to affect and help everybody in the city? You can't balance a budget. These are real economic issues that will spread throughout the city. That's why you had white flight. That's why you're going to have any racial flight coming again in any city, USA, especially Albany, if this is not corrected. You can't, you can't, you know, the buildings come down. Look. In the past two and a half years, I've been on programs to, in the West Hill we are, where we are, I've helped, helped get six abandoned buildings taken down. They, you can't, they, were, they were useless. You can't do anything with them. They become dangerous. But my point is when I sat in the mayor's office in 2018, and I went with a bullet point of notes from cities the size of Albany throughout the U.S., specifically I was concentrated on the East Coast, and I brought them to her, and I said, look, the, and there was one um, little uh, just outside Baltimore that collected $1.1 million in, in fees, um, uh, basically fines, rather, from absentee landlords. When I brought that up to the mayor, she said, yeah, we've been working on a program, and um, we've, over, over the years of the program, we took in 125000 total in years. And in Baltimore, just outside, they took in $1.1 in a year. I said, Please hold these people accountable. What else can, 
can we as a family business and me as a personal person, like we're all on the phone here, that contribute to the city? And the people on the phone here really care. I, I know you folks. I know you care. When, when it's, it's all we're talking about is communication today. And this is nothing new. This has been brought to the table year in and year out, and nothing changes. Because I really mean, I mean it when it really comes back to the family structure. It really starts it. Because, look, here's the deal. You might, we might have world peace someday. We're never going to have street peace anywhere in the world. Because if guns aren't around, you're either going to go back to knives, a billy club, or your fists. So it's really about the education and, and providing those opportunities with proper education and food, uh, jobs. And those things are attainable. This isn't Iran. Everyone in this country still has a good opportunity to do things. It's right there. They have to be mentored and put in that direction and be held accountable. And that goes back on the family. Now, I didn't mean to rant too much on that because I, I think in a general sense we all stipulate upon that model. But I really think that it just has, we have to hold uh, the, you know, the, the people that are elected really, really accountable to follow through with the things that they say they're going to do for the betterment of the entire community. And, and you know, I, I was on a call last night with uh, uh, Dr. Dorsey of Clears, and uh, as we uh, and the group CNA um, discussed the uh, recent um, audit, police audit of the, uh, of the Albany, you know, police department. And, um, you know, what I've come to understand more just from outside looking in is that there seemed, and to, and to the point about the, 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 the spirit of the, of the police force right now, and this is my opinion, and you know, maybe it's shared, maybe not, but until there is an understanding between the police chief, the police rank and file, the mayor, as well as the police union, we are not going to be able to properly and fully address the issue the issue of not just police but policing if the If the police chief cannot hold um, the department accountable because the union will step in and the rank and file will fall in line behind that blue, then where is the accountability for when Good cops are aware of bad cops, but are fearful for speaking out because they know the repercussions that come with not falling behind the blue line. So that's another aspect of law enforcement that is in many ways beyond the scope of the work I do. But I do know that as an organization that advocates for black businesses, there is nothing more that I would love to be able to say to a business owner to open up on Quail Street, open up on Clinton Avenue, open up on in Arbor Hill, West Hill, South End. However, I have a responsibility to set our members up for success, not failure. Well, Tony, let me, like let me pose this question. What, what would be the avenue of how would you define the success? What is it? What, what's going – because with that comes with a silent, sort of a, um, a, poor, a part of uh, a guarantee. So there's no guarantee in business. And the city is a business, period. Understood. That's all it is. 
right? But if, so but if, what, if I can't if I can't tell an owner that this part of the of the city is safe, secure to open up their business because of the conditions within that community for the lack of investment opportunities and resource. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Angelo Maddox from the clothing store Fresh and Fly was on the call last night as well. He's a, a, a urban apparel manufacturer, a, a clothing store. Would, would be a great um, business to open up in our community. But where is he located? On Pearl Street. Downtown Albany. So ha- Not that he would so how does- necessarily yeah. be given, but I know that if I'm him, I'm thinking not just the safety of my business, but the safety of my customers. What else are we doing to set up a proper landscape? So that's what success has to start at, at, at a foundational infrastructural level. The infrastructure of our communities is not as such. Well, I'm going to set up a business knowing that they're going to have to deal with a higher rate of rent, insurance, Etc. Uh, Etc. Et that that's just not sound business. No, you're talking to someone whose family owns a 77 year old business, and sometimes we scratch our that. head and say, "Why are we doing business in New York State?" <laughs> right. I because it's so damn expensive. There's there's nothing to gain by it. There's nothing to gain if if someone had five hundred thousand dollars to say you could start a business anywhere in the U S. Where are you going to go? I'm going to guess if you if you surveyed a hundred people. 98 would not say Albany, New York. They I agree. Because of those, because of then, those count reasons. Count me as one of the two out of that 100 because when we were looking to see what we were going to do as an organization that functioned internationally, um, my desire was to focus our resources back into the community, specifically the areas that were having the most difficulties because I believe in the principles of critical presence which is we want it to change before we go there, but no one's going to go there to change it until it's changed. Well, someone has to take the initiative to go in and, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, jump in and start trying to make the effect that we want to see. Now, I'll tell you, we've got a building on the corner of Ontario and Central Avenue, which the backside of it is right where uh, Sherman Street comes out on Ontario, right by Clinton Avenue. All right, so yeah. it's like almost uh, bridges Clinton and, and Central. It's a weird sort of block right there, and our building is, is long. And we've had break-ins almost, I want to say, between four to six times a year. This is not with, mm-hmm. with the uh, civil unrest notwithstanding. We actually had mm-hmm. a break-in two weeks ago where a person broke in through the door to, to get into our tenants, uh, the Metro PCS space in the front. When they went in yep. the wrong door and couldn't figure out how to access Metro, the, the gentleman came through the wall, through the sheetrock, like the Kool-Aid man. So I, I understand both sides of, the, of, of like this, this sort of synopsis. You know, it's like how can you advocate for a business owner to come to a place where they're going to potentially be robbed, mugged, vandalized, their customers the same, uh, you know, solicited for drugs, prostitution as entering your business, feeling uncomfortable, your, your employees. How can we tell someone, hey, go there, um, you know, when there's places where they're not going to have to face these other obstacles? And I think if you have the business owner themselves, if I could just create this example as a paradigm, if the person who was opening up the business 
was a person that already lived in that community, then they would have more of a predisposition to opening up their business in that community and to start to turn the tides. And I think that's what we're all looking at and talking about in terms of access to resources, the fundamental principles of building up a a strong and just community. And I'm sure we all have different ideas of how to get there, but that we want to get there nonetheless. What I think Tony said that was exemplary was that no matter what, we've got to get the guns off the streets today. Yes, let's work on community home ownership, community business owning opportunities, but we've got to get the guns off the street today. So while we're working out those processes, how can we fix the broken system between the mayor, the police chief, the unions, the rank and file police officers, and the community to say, what can we do now to go get these guns and that's now and get the individuals responsible gentlemen, out of the equation? Gentlemen, we are out of time. It's a partnership. Well, let me just say it's a partnership. Yes. Okay, we're out of time, guys. Do you think we could do a continuation of this uh, uh, discussion again? Sure. I don't want to talk about anything with Tony Gaddy, who I think (laughs) is a true community leader, and, uh, Tony, please, let, let's get together and talk some more about this outside of the meeting. And, Greg, I look forward to seeing you on the block. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for talking with you all today. I welcome the opportunity. All right. Bye-bye now. Uh, all right. Take you've care, everyone. To, you've been to, uh, listening to Focus on Albany. Um, we've had a roundtable discussion on gun violence in the city of Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day.